0: TPS report The CV
1: report Give us one word to describe what you're going through right now
0: Sucky, <laughs> Sucky. Yeah <laughs> I know it's just a Nissan Frontier But in my mind This thing's an M1 Abrams tank
1: <laughs> Honey, right. take the wheel I'm going to stick my head out of the sunroof
0: Look, any self-respecting veteran should grow a beard And have a belly That's the dumbest thing I've heard all day Like if we're going to start getting angry now it's It's a little late is live in DC with the update on all of this. Good morning. Maybe. I guess not. The CV Report. Welcome to the CV Report. I'm your host, Navy veteran Phil Briggs. And today we'll hear about the anniversary of the start of Operation Iraqi Freedom. We'll hear the views of a freshman representative in Congress. On Capitol Hill, freshman congresswoman
1: Ilhan Omar
0: question about your tweet. You had a tweet.
1: Yes, I tweeted. There's a response. You can run that and have a nice day.
0: And compare them with the views of
1: an army veteran who was there from the start. No two people can have a conversation about global peace until they first acknowledge there's a pecking order. Because if they don't first acknowledge that, I mean, we're just talking Mickey Mouse, man. It was just over 90 minutes beyond President Bush's deadline for Saddam Hussein to leave Iraq. What
0: you're hearing is how CBS and anchor Dan Rather reported the breaking news on March 19, 2003, that the war had begun and Operation Iraqi Freedom was underway.
2: ...followed by the F-117 stealth bombers with so-called bunker-busting bombs. Their target, a bunker believed to be
1: sheltering what are called top leaders of the Iraqi regime. Now, this is what it looked and sounded like in Baghdad. It was this short, and this
2: is what happened.
0: It's been 16 years of war. But it's only been a few days since a freshman congresswoman made some big news with some bold statements about the war. And here to start our conversation about it is my colleague and reporter Libby Howe.
2: Hi, Phil.
0: Hello. How are you? I'm good. Now, I want to start this in context because we recently did an article about Representative Ilhan Omar, and she had some tweets that she sent out on the anniversary of the start of the Iraq war. And if you could, I I wanted you to share just a little brief segment of our article that we published on ConnectingVets.com.
2: So freshman representative Ilhan Omar took the 16th anniversary of the start of the Iraq War to bring into question the conflict's legitimacy. According to Omar, the war left a trail of destruction as well as incalculable damage to the U.S. reputation in the world. She also took the opportunity to call for those who lied in the days leading up to the war to be held accountable, including former Vice President Dick Cheney. And on Sunday, she penned an op-ed in the Washington Post advocating for a global standard of human rights.
0: Yeah, so basically that article is paraphrasing a series of tweets.
2: And I have some of those tweets right here. So, 16 years ago, the U.S. illegally invaded Iraq, leaving a trail of destruction and lives lost. Here are the consequences. 4,496 U.S. troops lost their lives. 100,000-plus Iraqi civilians killed. Ongoing regional instability— incalculable damage to U.S. reputation in the world.
0: Yeah, and that kind of wasn't all. She actually got in her own comment thread and sort of elaborated on that.
2: Right, so she said we must hold accountable those who repeatedly lied in the run-up to the war. In October 2002, President Bush said that Saddam Hussein had a massive stockpile of biological weapons. It was a lie. Dick Cheney repeatedly cited a non-existent meeting between a 9-11 conspirator and Iraqi intelligence. It was a lie. In August 2002, Cheney said... Simply stated, there's no doubt that Saddam Hussein now has weapons of mass destruction. That, too, was a lie. All of these statements were not only false, they were known by intelligence agency to be lies at the time. To this day, they have not been held accountable. Been held accountable. Been held accountable.
0: Now, Representative Omar's position is crystal clear. We should have never entered into the war. So I thought I would ask the opinion of a veteran and a warfighter who was there from the start. Boone Cutler is a former paratrooper with the 82nd Airborne, and after 9-11, he was one of the first to deploy into Iraq. When he entered Sadr City, one of the deadliest cities in Iraq, he was what we call PSYOPs, or Military Psychological Operations. They often work alongside special operations forces to ensure the missions are successful. By definition, PSYOPs are operations to convey select information to audiences To influence emotions, motives, and objective reasoning. And ultimately, change the behavior of governments, organizations, groups, and individuals. Without getting into the specifics of the three different types of PSYOPs, suffice to say that on the street, or in a, quote, tactical capacity, PSYOPs is knowing what's really going on in the hood, and what we need to know to smoke out the bad guys. Now, recently, I was in Boone's Hood outside Reno, Nevada. And while we drove to lunch, I asked him about Representative Omar's tweets and the suggestion that we went to war over lies. I thought you'd like this story. The lawmaker questions the legality of the Iraq War on its anniversary. Freshman Representative Ilhan Omar from Minnesota took the opportunity on the 16th anniversary of the start of the Iraq War to tweet a few things. One tweet stated... 4,496 U.S. troops lost their lives. 100,000 Iraqi civilians were killed. Ongoing. Regional she wrote in another tweet, we must hold those accountable who repeatedly lied in the run-up to the war. She penned an op-ed in the Washington Post on Sunday advocating for a global standard of human rights. So.
1: Well, first of all, uh, she's factually incorrect, but nobody's ever going to be able to prove she's factually incorrect because the truth is, We knew that they had chemical weapons because we fucking sold them to them during the Iran-Iraq War. Um, So that's where the intelligence probably came from. I know they had chemical weapons because if you read my book, Call Sign Voodoo, there's actually an army memo in there stating that we found chemical weapons and that they were to be destroyed. Um, So this whole thing, there were no chemical weapons or blah, 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 blah. That's bullshit. We know they had chemical weapons. Also, because it gassed the damn Kurds. You know that that wasn't a it wasn't a, a, a dream. That wasn't a fairy tale. That really happened. Those poor people were killed that way. So, um, so in my opinion, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's just trying to start, start some shit, make herself important. This is a chick, right? Yes, I believe Representative Ilhan Omar is, okay. is a female. That's what I was checking. She wears the hijab. You've seen her. She's, that's what I thought it was. She's making okay, uh, yeah. a lot of waves as a freshman. Is she the one that's anti- an anti-Semite? anti <laughs> Some have alleged that
0: she sounds somewhat uh, okay. anti-Semitic and okay. that. Okay. Thinking that, you know, we favor Israel or that certain...
1: Well, we do favor Israel and we should. Half a mile. Turn I mean, right. we should favor Israel. They're the only ones that we had that was worth a shit in the region for how long that we're going to back us up. So, yeah, I think as, as an ally, Israel has been a good ally. So, you know, that's that. But, the, you know, see, this woman is, is part of pop culture. She doesn't really know reality. And there's a lot of pop culture representatives right now in the Congress. And, uh, that's just It's just pop culture representatives, you know, people that weren't good looking enough to be actors. So, (laughs) so, so, so they run for public office Uh, and and they've made what they've made. And, you know, this, this will all sway, you know, what, what's happening right now in in politics is, is people are showing their level of ignorance and there's going to be a rebound for that. There's always a rebound for that. But there's a small aggregate of people that are very loud and make a lot of noise, and 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 they do stuff like this, and then people respond to it. And meanwhile, it's 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 really like the village watching the village idiot. You know, <laughs> a, a lot of them. Uh, you know, we do it, and it's really not worth our time to interrupt them. It's like, well, really, what are we gonna do? Because they're just, if we interrupt them, they're they're gonna be an idiot about that. And so you basically just let them be an idiot. You pat them on the head and kick them in the ass and send them back home. And tomorrow they'll come back down and be an idiot. You ever, you ever like had your favorite bar and there's always that one guy on Friday night who's just, (laughs) you know, you, you love him to death. Like Larry, come on, man, put your shirt back on. After the fifth drink, you know, you really don't know what you're going to get, but it's going to, it's going to be some sort of out of body experience. (laughs) You know, but you like the guy, you know, he's, he's cool, he's you know, I mean. Nice enough, right? He's nice enough. Makes you, you laugh know? sometimes. He'll help you move if you got to move, you know, he's, he owns a truck, you know, he's got a couple, you know, for a 12 pack, he'll help you move your house, you know, so you like him. Right. He's got a utility value. He's kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like that, you know, but, but it's not like someone you'd leave your kids with for the weekend.
0: That's great. Um, and, you know, on the House of Representatives side, I mean, they get just two years. So they've really, you know, I, I think their, their notoriety or the damage they could do or the, you know, things
1: that... Another good reason whatever to repeal the 17th Amendment. But anyway. What, they should be less than two years? No, we should repeal the 17th Amendment altogether. And the, the way that we select our congressman or Congress, congressional representatives should go back the way it used to be. It should be appointed by the state, ratified by the governor, or appointed by the governor, ratified by by the state legislature. And, you know, the people's elected person is the senator. But right now, again, there is no... Tell me who who in D.C. represents the state of Nevada's legislature. How do we deconflict a state legislature from the federal government? How do we make them work together? How, where Where is the connection? Where is the the de-conflict the, the de point? There is none. There is no connection between a state legislature and the federal government. There's no person that in each group that talks to each other. Hmm.
0: So you're saying that like the state government, the state legislature would have to ratify, would have to agree that the people's elected person for that district
1: well, no, can the, go to Congress? It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the way it used to be is... Um, the governor would say, hey, Phil, I want you to be our congressional representative. And you'd go, yeah, I think I want that job. And then we go, okay, well, let's go ask the state legislature if they agree that you're a good guy to represent the state in D.C. And then so we go before the state legis- legis- legislature and I say, hey, Phil, Phil's my guy. He really needs to represent this legislature in D.C., and then they go, no, fuck Phil, he's an asshole, he's out of here. Or they go, no, we like Phil. Okay, cool, Phil, you're in that slot. You go represent us in D.C. And so now you got the two houses, and you got one house that was directly, directly, excuse me, these are the senators I'm talking about, who is directly uh, appointed by the people because they're voted on by the people, and then you got the other house where people are. Uh, we're we're appointed there by the state legislature that way the people are represented and the legislature is represented which also represents the people but there's someone there to deconflict stuff this mentality is what's leading to being able to um, accept a popular vote Hmm. okay so you know this has been around a long time and so congressional representatives were elected by the people, senators were appointed by the governor, ratified by the state legislature, and they were also two years. And every two years they had to go back before the state legislature and say, hey, do you want me to keep doing this job? Yes, you're doing a great job, you keep doing it. Or No, fuck you. You're an asshole. You're out. We're going to go get Bobby over here. He's going to represent the state legislature in D.C. And And that makes a lot of sense to me on on checks and balances. But where our government completely changed is when that system changed. It's it's sad.
0: The only problem with that is, don't more people vote for the sexier federal elections and, and see, the state representatives? Like,
1: most people don't know who their state representative is. And if you change the system back to what I'm talking about, Turn people right. would care who their governor yeah. is because he, he's right. the person or she's the person responsible for selecting that state sen- that senator that yeah, will yeah, vote. Yeah. Okay. So it's a way to get people to pay attention to their state local government again and actually vote for them because it affects them more than... What they think it does. Hmm. See, the whole system changes if you change that again, but it got screwed up, and that's one. That's what I'm a fan of the repeal of the 17th Amendment uh, initiative. And, and there's a group it, of people
0: and bringing it to. back down to hyper local. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. gotta be.
1: That you makes gotta sense.
0: Gotta be. Uh, let's let's just end with real quick. I just wanted to ask you about um, the thoughts about her op-ed in the Washington Post, and you know, I'm mean, again, I'm doing it an injustice here because I don't have it in front of me to share with you, but it, it essentially. She's advocating for a global standard of human rights. Um, look, man, you've got experience around the globe, right? You served mm-hmm. in the military. You've seen far more of the globe than I I'll have. Tell you what what yeah. about like a universal standard of human rights? What does that mean to you? Is that a thing?
1: What exactly is that? Uh, there, there's a standard of human rights inside of a prison with the prisoners, right? I mean there's a, there's a standard. You guys can't abuse each other. You guys can't do so. How does that work out? Not so well. There's always a pecking order. There's always somebody in charge. There's a shot caller somewhere. Right. right. All right. That's human nature. It doesn't matter if we're talking about prison, it doesn't matter if we're talking about uh, it doesn't matter if we're talking about the world. It doesn't matter if we're talking about a high school. It doesn't matter if we're talking about your your local corporate job. There's somebody there that's in charge. There's a pecking order. And it might be the person that's in charge when everybody's around. But when the when the boss goes away, when the boss goes into another room, the person without a title who's still in charge, that person's at the top of the pecking order. Right. They might not have any vetted authority, but you know that person's in charge. Right, right. Because every species on this planet has a pecking order. It doesn't matter if it's a plant. It doesn't matter if it's a bird. It doesn't matter. A human is just another species of of animal. And we live by a pecking order. Now, I understand this pecking order. I've seen this pecking order. And in my belief, you can either accept the fact there's a pecking order or you can get pecked on. (laughs) I don't choose to be pecked on. I don't want my country pecked on. Why? Because this is where my family lives. And because I know if I had this... This this rose colored glass, uh, you know, perspective of hey, can't we all just get along and we'll just all be friends and everything? you know that's great. I would love that. I would love that in a perfect world. You know, I gave the same piece, the same speech at the international, the Rotary Club International Peace Conference. All right, I was not a crowd favorite. I'll put it that way, <laughs> because at the end of the day, there is a pecking order. I don't care who you are, where you are, what you're doing. Somebody is a shot caller. And you can either accept it and become the shot caller and protect your own shit, or you can get pecked on. Mm -hmm. It's never going to change.
0: So you're saying it's like virtually impossible to say we can't make some standard that says,
1: okay, people on planet Earth, let's not kill each other over
0: religion. Let's not kill each other over ideology. Let's not hurt each other and make war. You're saying that's just not, just in no way will that ever happen.
2: Well,
1: no. I mean, the pecking order is going to exist no matter no matter what the situation is, to the degree in which the pecking order uh, is ex- to the the extremeness of that pecking order, whether it's, you know, we're talking you know Papa Doc, whether we're talking Pol Pot, whether we're talking Hitler, whether we're talking you know religious leaders, uh, you know on whatever microcasm is group that exists, there's going to be a pecking order. And when those groups come together, There's going to be a pecking order for the the series of groups. When the series of groups come together and become part of something else, there'll be a pecking order there. Wherever wherever two or more are gathered, there's a pecking order.
0: And you don't want to be taken advantage of. You don't want to come in second place. You don't want our country to be.
1: It's not what. Well, it's what I want want. to get hurt. (coughs) It's as simple as I realize it exists. And see, no, no two people can have a conversation about peace. No two people can have a conversation about global peace until they first acknowledge there's a pecking order. Because if they don't first acknowledge that, I mean, we're just talking Mickey fucking Mouse, man. I like it, Boone. I like it.
0: You were always notable and quotable, brother. <laughs> notable
1: and quotable. That's my game, dude.
0: And that's about right where we pulled into a Mexican restaurant in Reno, Nevada, and I had lunch with my buddy, Boone Cutler. You want to hear more about Boone's thoughts on Iraq? You can check out his book, Voodoo and Seder City, The Rise of Shiaism in Iraq. It's available at Amazon and everywhere you get books. And if you want more episodes of the CV Report, download the Radio.com app. And there you'll find all of our titles and a world of on-demand content from radio stations across the country. You can also find us everywhere you find podcasts. I only ask that when you do find us, click like and subscribe so I can be in your ear every time a new episode drops. You can also find tons of military news and lifestyle content on our website, ConnectingVets.com. Until next time, I'll be looking for food and food for thought on the next episode of the CV Report.